You're listening to the Christian Humanist Radio Network, christianhumanist.org. Welcome to Before They Were Live, an ongoing, monthly, and extremely nerdy conversation through the Disney animated canon in chronological order. Together, we too are destined to finally find a route through the impassable peaks of art, criticism, and fandom, conquering those mountains and exploring how these films shape us and our imaginations is our legacy. Hopefully along the way, we enrich the viewing experience and have some fun too. Hop on your crop duster because today we're flying into a giant sinkhole to explore the insides and try to find the roots of 2022's Strange World. Can we save it? Should we kill it instead? Only time will tell. It's Don Hall's solo director debut, although we have already discussed four that he's co-directed. Winnie the Pooh, Big Hero 6, Moana, and Raya and the Last Dragon. Joining me as always... He's never heard the meaning of the word afraid, hard as nails, blazing trails, staring danger in the eyes. He's the manliest of guys. It's Michael Farmer. I don't know what you said, but I'm pretty sure it was inappropriate. <laughs> huh. Well, Michael, it's been a while. It has. and I, have... I want to apologize to our listeners for not having an episode last month. Time kind of got away from us, and then I had to go on spring break, and we decided to push it off for a month. Yeah. But here we are. So here we are. Back at it. Back at it. Um, hey, this movie, uh, it begins with a um, with a with a book opening. It's a comic book, but it's still a book. And it <laughs> is the the 90 seconds of this movie where I was like, hey, maybe I'm going to like this after all. <laughs> I yeah. thought that part was really cool. I just feel like Actually. it's been a yeah. I agree. I, I I I do think that was one of the finer finer things done well in this in this movie. But also, I feel like it's been a while since we had a a book opening. It's true. That was that was the kind of the the standard way these movies open for the first couple decades. It, it makes it fitting that it's our last one, at least until they release another one. I guess. That's right. Every trail we blaze, Disney's going to unblaze. <laughs> 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 but yeah. Yes, that that I think that part was really cool, really well done. Um, our friend Eric Goldberg, I say our friend, friend of the show, because I talk so nicely about him all the time, uh, had some something to do with some of that 2D animation. I don't know if it was exactly uh, that part of the opening book or not, because there was there was another um, 2D animator um, credited, and I'm not sure which which parts were done by who. But anyway, I'm going to say it was Eric Goldberg because. Uh, we've mentioned him several times, and I feel like he's 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 the holdover from the really great years of Disney, you know. Right. So, um, yeah, a very uh, rare, the beginning of the movie also really reminded me of Up, 
Pixar's up. Mm-hmm. Yep, it definitely it definitely has some things in common with that, and also with uh, Atlantis and Treasure Planet, the other mm-hmm. the other big adventure movies in the in the canon. Right. Yeah. It is certainly not as good as Up. No. <laughs> no, it it's certainly not. It is probably not as good as Atlantis or Treasure Planet. Yeah, it's really, um, you know, I don't know what it is. Um, because we've seen these, uh, you know, we've seen Disney kind of try and veer into the adventure sci-fi genre a couple times. Um, I was uh, I was prepared to like this movie. Like, I really wanted to like it. Because, you know, as I mentioned, Don Hall has done several movies that I like. Um, you know, we were kind of uh, lukewarm on Winnie the Pooh, I feel like. But it was fine. Um, but I think we liked uh, Big Hero 6, Moana, and Ryan the Lost Dragon. At least I did, you know. We did. Yeah. Uh, I, I, liked, I liked those movies. Yeah, so I was prepared to like it. I like Disney when it's quirky. I could tell, you know, I didn't watch a trailer or anything, but I could just tell from the little uh, description on uh, Disney Plus and also the picture, you know, like the the the... I don't know what I know there's a name for that picture, you know, that, that it's not the cover image, you know, anymore of uh, like on a on a DVD or VHS or whatever. But whatever that that photo is, you know, I could tell it was going to be kind of quirky and weird and sci fi. Um, and so, I was, yeah, I was prepared to like it. Um, but for some reason, Disney just can't quite seem to ever nail that genre. Um, they you know, I feel like they often. Uh, this movie included, like, it really, the um, the things they're playing, they're they're paying homage to, like, show through really well, <laughs> and like maybe too well, you know, and uh, and you don't quite get this, like, you see what they're aiming at, and they're and the movie that they're creating is never quite there, you know what I mean? Right, I do, yes. So uh, the the movies I felt like this one was really. I mean, the movies I'm familiar with that this movie seemed to really be try- trying to pay homage to were uh, um, uh, Jurassic Park and um, not a movie, I guess, but the the television series Firefly. Um, yeah, you de- well, you definitely get that um, Alan Tudyk reference, right? He plays the the pilot who gets killed, which is right out of uh, what's the Firefly movie, Serenity? Yeah, Serenity. Yeah. Which, if our listeners are interested, I'll just do a, 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 a Christian Humanist Radio Network plug here. Uh, the very first, I think it was the first, is that right, Michael? It was the very, indeed the first the crossover. The first big crossover event for the Christian Humanist Radio Network was all about Firefly. Was it Firefly and Serenity or just Firefly? Um, I remember watching Serenity for that. I don't know how much anybody talked about it. Yeah. It was 10 years ago. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, yeah. The time flies. But anyway, go, dig back in the archives, dear listener. And uh, there's, there's some fine episodes on a, on a fine uh, television product. Wouldn't <laughs> it be great, though, if Strange World were like a tenth as good as, as Jurassic Park or Firefly? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're, paying, I, they're paying homage to these things that are, are just so out of their league right, in terms it, of the quality of the movie. Which is crazy because they're Walt Disney. You know, right. like that's what I'm, I guess that's you're making the point I'm trying to make. You know, it's like why when they when they go for these big like sci-fi or or whatever um, ad, action adventure flicks, or do they fall so far short of the movies that they are paying homage to? I don't. I'm not. I'm not quite sure. I don't have an answer for that. But it, it I, does. I don't either. I mean, I've got I've got some thoughts about what makes this one bad. But like in the kind of in the kind of general. Um, 
the the kind of general problem of of the Disney action adventure film, I I don't have an answer for. Yeah. So, but I'm glad they keep trying. I mean, I I do you know generally enjoy these movies. So uh, I I sidetracked myself. What I what I was one of the points I was trying to get at also was I was ready to enjoy this movie. I watched it the first time and it was kind of meh, you know, like <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't great. I watched it a second time because I like to I like to you know, give everything a fair, fair shot, um, especially when I haven't seen it before. And I actually enjoyed it much better on the second watch. And then uh, you went on spring break, so we didn't record. And so then I watched it again yesterday. And the, the third time I was back to the math feeling like it, didn't, it just <laughs> like it, there's just there's just a few things that. Well, you have seen it two times more than I have. <laughs> so you're going to be you're going to be leading this. You're going to be the Jaeger clade. <laughs> on on our little expedition here and I'll just follow you around. Sure. I I knew I wanted to watch it again kind of except I didn't want to watch it again. I kind of felt like I should watch it again and then I just couldn't make myself do it. Yeah. I really really disliked this movie. It starts with the the character animation or the character design for me. This is some of the ugliest character design. Like um, Searcher Clade in particular, he looks like. Do you remember Once Upon a Winter Time from whichever package film that was? Mm-hmm. Or maybe it was All the Cats Join In. It, it was one of those one of those yeah. package film shorts. Mm-hmm. That's what his character design looks yeah. like. Except instead of being five minutes and having no emotional <laughs> content, we're supposed to look at this guy's face the whole movie and it's supposed to convey emotion to us. I just I found I found him in particular, but really all the characters to be so grotesque. Uh, I don't know what they were thinking with the way they the way they designed these characters. They're they're just ugly. Right. Yeah. Once so he doesn't really particularly look like the once upon a wintertime guy. Um but you're right that the character design is like they're both ugly. They're both very ugly. I actually kind of like all the cats uh, join in um, character design. I mean, it's very different than than your typical Disney, but I actually kind of like that one. But yes, the Once Upon a Winter Time was uh, a, probably, if not the all time low, it's it's up there. Like it's very close to the all time low. <laughs> and you're and, right. And you- you know it's defensible when it's a short you know when it's when it's that quick but this movie th- this movie is an hour and 40 minutes long and he's in most of it you know yeah but it's, and it's not just him it's everybody everybody's disgusting looking i really yeah. I, I don't understand what they were going for i'm not sure either it's very yeah it's it is weird um and i felt like so, so it wasn't just the character design it was kind of the design of of everything so like and I don't know why, like, it's, it's weird because I feel like, um, and it's, this is not like what makes or breaks the movie. It just kind of is, uh, like it speaks to the movie somehow, you know, <laughs> like, like, um, like all the, the ships and the house and everything, it's like weirdly disproportioned, like it, like the same way that the characters are disproportioned, like, what I'm trying to say is like the kitchen is just too big <laughs> or like the, the cockpit or the bridge or whatever on the spaceship. Like, it's just, 
it's too wide. <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't make sense in some way, you know, like in some way it like pulls you out of the movie because you're like, what do they do with all that space? Like what is happening there? Or the little motorbikes that they drive, which should be really cool and fun, you know, like that's one of like the coolest parts of uh, Return of the Jedi, right, <laughs> is when they're like zipping around <laughs> on the motorbikes. But in this movie, which is obviously like something that they're aiming for, it, like all I could think of like, why is it so big? <laughs> like it doesn't make any sense. Like why would you ever like the, at one point they've got five people sitting on it you know and it's like that doesn't make any sense like five people should not fit on a on a little motorbike thing you know i don't know yeah so yeah and, and I, I was gonna say well they, they had all this trouble finishing the movie because it i think they they finished it like two weeks before it came out or maybe three weeks before it came out mm. but i mean you're talking design there that's not a that's not an animation problem that's a that's a problem at the very beginning of the movie not yeah. um not two weeks before the end right yeah and it's just weird i mean like because again uh so the the name of the ship in firefly is the serenity right and the right. the name of the ship is is the venture and they're clearly the venture is clearly modeled off serenity especially like the back like there's one point where they're standing uh um searcher and um his son sorry but ethan <laughs> Ethan, thank you. I mean, wouldn't be before they were live episode if I didn't blank on names. Searcher and Ethan are like standing like on the little bridge area looking down into it. And it's just like it's it's completely the inside of the Serenity. Like it's exactly what the Serenity looks like. But the 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 bridge is is not like the bridge is like, I don't know. It's just we it's this weird, vast, spacious area. It doesn't look you know, like the best sci-fi films, like it just looks like lived in and used and like everything has a place and stuff. And and this is just like, I don't know, <laughs> it, just didn't, it looked too clean or something, you know? Yeah, I, I, I agree. Yeah. And you, especially compared to to uh, to Firefly, because the, the way that thing is designed looks like there was 10 seasons of the show before we came to the show, you know? Right, exactly. Whereas here, it, it does look like they they created it exactly for this five seconds before they needed it. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's just weird. Um, it's it's unfortunate, I guess. And like I said, that doesn't make or break the movie. It's really the story that makes or breaks the movie. But like, it's just I don't know. It just it just all seems of a piece, you know. <laughs> like they didn't get the design right at the very beginning, and it just set them on this trajectory of like, uh, I don't know. They didn't know where they were going. That's what it feels like. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, it it it's it's just it's just a mess. Yeah. And then what what plot there is, and I guess there is a plot. I shouldn't say what plot there is. There's actually quite a bit of plot, but it it fits in very well with the 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 last few movies in the sense that it's about generational trauma. Number one and number two, there is no real bad guy. Mm-hmm. Which they actually call out. They say, no bad guys. That's just poor storytelling. <laughs> They're anticipating our yeah. criticisms. They actually say that right in the movie. I, I laughed at that part. I was like, oh, man, that's really great. When they're playing um, <laughs> when they're playing the cooperative board game. Yes. Yeah. They're playing Pandemic. Yeah. Forbidden Island. I guess it's probably closer to Forbidden Island. Yeah, it's probably a little closer to Forbidden Island. Yeah. I think it's supposed <laughs> to be Settlers of Catan, right? Like, that's what it's supposed to, to call to mind, but I've never played that. That's yeah. not a cooperative game, right? No, it isn't. And, yeah. yeah it's... Forbidden Island is cooperative. And, and this kind of has a Forbidden Island feel. 
Oh yeah, for sure. I think it is supposed to. Be. I think I think you're on the right track. I think the reason, the only reason it calls to mind settlers is because settlers is like the uh, um, the gateway drug into like <laughs> you know like tabletop gaming. Like yeah, somehow I never played that game. Yeah, it's better than this movie. <laughs> <laughs> High praise. <laughs> no, I don't mean to be so hard on this movie. There's actually there's 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 aspects of it that I liked. Um, like, I think the world itself. So like we, we, we've harped on the design of the, the characters and the, the stuff that the, the characters are doing or uh, using the, the vehicles and stuff. But the, um, the clothing I thought was amazing. Like <laughs> I really like the, like the, the style, like they've all got like little buttons, like that go kind of diagonal, you know, like I thought that was really cool. The environment of the strange world, I thought was really interesting and fun. Yeah, they did um, some, they did get some good things with that for sure. Yeah. It had definitely had that kind of uh Wreck-It Ralph uh, feel of like, just, you know, everything looks tasty, <laughs> you know, in a way, you know, like just, I don't know, it looked, you know, splat, you know, splat looks like a gummy or something, you know. Just eat him. <laughs> He's but a yeah. white blood cell, though. I guess I guess he'd be safe to eat. Yeah. Yeah. Props to Osmosis Jones. <laughs> for, for I never crime. saw that movie. How much does this oh, really? owe to that in the end? I mean, I know I that it's, it's a big secret of the movie that they're they're in an immune system, but yeah. um, I don't I, know that it owes anything to it. I just <laughs> I just felt like I had to say that, but um. Yeah, that's the thing, I think. Is it is it a secret? It is. I mean, I definitely didn't... Um, I didn't figure it out. Did you figure it out? I did not. Inside a body. Um, so, so, yeah, that part I thought was done, was, was well done. I think uh, everything else about the movie besides that was, um, like, there was no subtext anywhere, you right. know? Um, this the, movie, this is a movie that leads with its politics. Yeah, well, and it's not even politics. It's just like, um, like for example, <laughs> you know, like let's say that you were gonna like write a story, and you know, so you were like kind of going through the process of brainstorming and stuff, and you're like, okay, like. Um, who are my characters? Like, what are their motivations? What, like, what, you know, like, what drives them? What, do, what do they care about? You know, and you'd like kind of figure those things out, right? Um, in this movie, they just tell you. It's like they just went from like that brainstorming session, like right into the movie. Like she, like the the mother uh, Meridian, I think her name is. You know, just flat out says the three things I love the most are blank, 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 and she says that. 15 minutes after Searcher has a conversation with Ethan where he says, I only care about you, our family, and our farm, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. And he, and Searcher says that, like, 15 minutes after uh, Jaeger Clade has said, the only thing I care about in the world is getting over these mountains <laughs> or whatever, you know? It's like all their, like, character motivations, like, it's just, like, on the surface. Like, there is no, like, whatever. And they even go so far as to, like, uh, you know, early in the movie, they're having this conversation where uh, it's it's Jaeger and Searcher and they're having an argument 
and they're using the crew, quote unquote, the crew as like a proxy, a very thin proxy. But even as thin as the, the proxy of the crew is, they still have to point it out to you. Like a, a character in the movie actually says, oh, they're not actually talking about the crew, are they? Like, it's like, wow. <laughs> I don't. I I couldn't believe it. I was like, "This is like this is really really bad." Like it's just like a very, like very very uh, transparent sort of uh, screenplay, I guess. Right. Well, and it's interesting, right? Because it's a it's a movie that is is dealing with adult themes in some way, right? Like this is about uh, if the hero of the movie is the dad, it's it's searcher. It's about moving past what your parents' generation did to you and doing something different for your generation. That's not a that's not something a little kid is going to understand. Mm-hmm. So it can't be aimed at little kids. So talking down to them doesn't even make any sense. Presumably, this is aimed at twenty and thirty somethings, uh, maybe even forty somethings, and um, and it it talks to them like they're children mm-hmm. instead of trusting them to uh, understand any kind of subtext. Right. But I think that's an interesting point you're making, because I don't know who the hero of this movie is, you know, like, I guess it's supposed to be Searcher, I guess, you know, but I mean, you could make an argument for Ethan. Yeah. You know. I don't know. It's. I mean, it's. I mean, we we did this with uh, Frozen. <laughs> you know, is it Anna or is it Elsa? <laughs> you know, like I don't know. But it just it doesn't. I, it. I would say the character who has the biggest turnaround is probably Jaeger. <laughs> right, but he's. I mean, he's scarcely a character, right? I mean, he's yeah. a. He's a legend. Mm-hmm. The one and only. <laughs> you so. talk about ugly character design. <laughs> yeah oh man i feel like all we're doing is dumping on this movie i don't mean I just, to. I, I i i i knew i figured <laughs> we were going to i figured this would be a short episode because i hated the movie so much but um I'm, I'm just trying to think of a way to save it like we do sometimes when they have these bad movies i think it would really require a pretty serious overhaul yeah I mean, to to me, the the biggest problem is it's it's like a political statement rather than a movie, and not even about Ethan being gay. I know he's the first LB, L, LGBTQ character in a Disney movie openly, mm-hmm. um, LGBTQ. The the climate change thing is so heavy handed and so poorly thought out in terms of like how this works as a corollary, as a parallel to climate change that I was driven to distraction. I mean, so you have, they've been over farming this thing that brings power to everybody and it's slowly destroying the animal that they discover they live on, right? But then within a year, they've got it where they absolutely don't need that thing and everything is just perfectly fine again. And and they they completely smooth over all the part in the middle. So if 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 that's their climate change allegory, what exactly are they saying? And how come Disney hasn't moved to completely sustainable fuels if things are as easy as this movie wants to make them? <laughs> yeah. Hmm. That's a good point. I yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I have I have no answer for that. Because you're I, right. 
I mean, yeah. it's 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 not that part of the movie is not veiled at all, you know, like from the very beginning. I mean, you know, well, yeah, it's there's obviously some something is wrong with the with the plant that is providing power. So, you know, you know, it's it's some sort of allegory straight away. Right. And, and then there's a overlaid on top of that is a kind of COVID-19 allegory. And of course, the the movie comes from that era. I don't know when. When was it written? Was it written before COVID started? I don't really know. That's Certainly all the all the major creative work on this movie was done during COVID-19. And so you can you can definitely feel that um, that kind of bubbling under. The movie yeah. the whole time and and then you do get the kind of identity politics piece where um every single identity every single identity group is is rec- uh, is represented it's like it's like they, they should have just named the movie representation <laughs> when the three-legged dog showed up that's when i was like oh for god's sake <laughs> you have your interracial marriage with the with the gay teenage son fine and then of course you also have a disabled dog Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I, and there's nothing wrong with representation. I I I I think that's kind of a silly goal when you're making art. Um, but here it, it just felt so uh, transparent that that's what they were trying to do. They were just checking off boxes for every single identity group they could shove in here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I I just found it kind of innervating after a while. Yeah, I think that's I th- I think that's the big flaw with this movie is just the transparency of it all. It's just everything is transparent. You can tell exactly. I mean, even the even the stuff where, like I said, I didn't I didn't catch that they were inside a a, a body and an immune system and stuff. So I'll like, I'll give them credit for that. But everything else, you could basically see exactly where it was going. You know, like. Searcher's trying his hardest not to be his dad, and he's going to turn out to be exactly like his dad. (laughs) Right. You know, like it's very obvious. Like, I mean, from, you know, from the like first, I don't know, first 20 minutes into the film when, when, you know, uh, Searcher's meeting Ethan's friends and is saying, he's a really great farmer, (laughs) you know, like like, he really cares about farming. And it's like, does he? Last I saw, he left all the weeds in the field, you know, because he didn't really care. So I can't yeah. believe they didn't name Ethan some sort of farming name to really drive that home. Like that, that might be the subtlest thing they did instead of calling him, you know, backhoe clade or, <laughs> <laughs> or whatever the equivalent of searcher would be for a farmer. <laughs> like, yeah. Of course, he's going to want to be like his grandfather. Mm hmm. And then you get the uh, the white male pilot who dies and is replaced by a black woman. And again, like there's nothing necessarily wrong with that plot. It's just it's so obvious that's what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, the the movie just it really thinks you're an idiot, <laughs> which I am kind of an idiot, uh, but still, maybe we all are. Maybe this is just. <laughs> Uh, maybe this is exactly where we're heading. I don't know. This is a big flop, so people must not be as stupid as the movie thinks they are. I guess not. Yeah. Like I guess the, so. Isn't the audience score on Rotten Tomatoes 
in the 30s? I don't know if it was that bad. I know it was bad, but I don't know if it was that bad. I didn't even remember it coming out. I like it had a theatrical release, right? This was this was like f- five months ago, six months ago. Yeah, I didn't. Well, yeah, I'm not one to say because I'm not really. Uh, yeah, yeah, in, me neither. Sixty-six <laughs> like, percent audience score. It's certified fresh by critics. That's crazy. There you go. That is insane. Seventy-two percent of critics liked this movie. I just that baffles me. <laughs> <laughs> we are not in that <laughs> we're not in that percentage i mean this is not the worst one i i, I don't want to scoop our, ourselves because i know that's that's something we're going to be talking about next month Ooh, but it might be bottom tier oh anyway we'll uh i'll hold off i'll hold off on that and we can talk about it uh next month this is better than home on the range Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, it has some imagination to it. Yeah, there. Like I said, I'm 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 struggling to come up with any right now. But there were things I liked about this movie. I'm looking at my notes and realizing that I only wrote down negative things. <laughs> Did you like any of the voice acting? Yeah, I mean, I actually I thought that was fine. I I didn't know. None of that. None, none of the voice acting was not the problem to me. Yeah, not not the major problem. I didn't like the kid who played Ethan very much. Yeah. But there was prob- a couple moments. Yeah, there was a couple moments with him that I thought, you know, well, that didn't land. I mean, this is the thing. Is it the voice acting or is it the, the story? You that's know? right, like, yeah. I, I think that's a, that's a hard one to, 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 to go on. There was a couple points where they're obviously trying to um, uh, land a big emotional moment and it's not landing, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and uh, and so is that the, the character actors or is that just the story, you know? Dennis Quaid seems to be kind of mildly miscast to me. That's like Jaeger? I, I think Dennis, he's Jaeger. I, I feel like Dennis Quaid does a thing well and he does a kind of like, this shows you, you know, my encounters with him. He does a kind of aging, middle-aged man, like, gentleness very well. It, it seems like like a generation ago he should have played Searcher. Mm-hmm. I don't think of him as, like, a man's man. And, I mean, maybe he can play that, and I've just not seen a movie where he does it, but I don't feel like he was great as, as Jaeger. I don't like Jake Gyllenhaal that much. But he did fine. I mean, in in a role that must have been difficult to do, just because so much of the movie's emotion depends on Searcher, and the movie's so underwritten. Yeah. Or overwritten. I'm not sure which one I would say. Yeah, I'm not sure either. Like, I I mean, as we're talking about this, like, I'm thinking of the scene where Jaeger and Searcher are like talking, and Jaeger's like quizzing him on like why farming, you know, <laughs> like it just what happened you know like what, what <laughs> like they're they're supposed to be connecting in some way it just didn't feel it didn't feel like anything you know so is that the voice acting or is that the script i don't know but it just it didn't feel like anything like it, it felt like um oh here's when they're trying to show me that these characters are actually very similar to each other and um they're like starting to patch up their relationship but that's all it felt like you know 
it's that transparency again. Like you could see what the scene was supposed to be doing more than actually feeling that the scene was doing it. Right. And also going back to design in this case, those, the, the bottles they were drinking out of were way too small. <laughs> it's like, it didn't look right at all. It's like, what is happening? I don't understand. Everything in this movie is too big. And then you get a bottle and it's way too small. I wonder if they thought they were doing something interesting with proportion. You know what I mean? Like if, if the, the, if the misproportions were part of some sort of aesthetic project that we just didn't pick up on. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> well, I picked up on it, but I didn't, I didn't get the, uh, yeah, I didn't get the, um, the memo, I guess. On why, why it was there, why it was good. I will say, here's something positive. <laughs> I did think it was very clever. So, you know, the way Searcher and Jaeger are very similar to each other. Um, the, the beginning of the movie, Searcher is like, constantly embarrassing ethan about like i mean like by kissing his wife or you know talking to his talking to him about uh his boyfriend or whatever and ethan's just like stop 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 you know um searcher's telling him about his first crush like all those sorts of things and then um when they are like running for their lives uh searcher says at one point to jaeger because he can't believe the stuff that jaeger is doing and how different it is than him and he says how are you even my dad <laughs> and jaeger starts saying oh you want to have that conversation right now <laughs> well when a man and a woman love each other <laughs> and it's just like oh man that's exactly what he does to ethan all the time that was actually good that was actually clever i'm surprised they didn't have uh searcher go now i know how ethan feels Oh yeah, that's yeah. See, there's another positive, Michael. They did, they did, I, the the they exchange, the exchange I really liked is where they were talking about um, about Searcher's mother, and it made it sound like she was dead. And it, no, <laughs> she's 63 years old. She's remarried. Yeah, I thought that. I thought that was a, a that was a nice exchange. Yeah, maybe the only time I laughed at the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The other thing this movie has way too much of, this is negative again, sorry. (laughs) There's way too many scenes of like the characters standing still looking at something. (laughs) Like it's all over the place. Like once I noticed it, like I couldn't unnotice it. It's like constantly they're like, you know, there's that moment in Jurassic Park, that really powerful moment when uh, like they first see the dinosaurs. Yeah. And it's like they tried to do that a hundred times in this movie. (laughs) <laughs> I really wonder like, if they might have just run out of time. Maybe. Like if There's, they'd given them another year and this came out this November instead of last November. Yeah. Right. That I mean that could be you could be right. They they just ran out of time. There was just a lot of scenes where they were just like looking out the, the front of the ship or standing on the bridge or uh you know just whatever. Just looking at something. And being awed and impressed or being shocked or whatever. <laughs> like Because they want the audience to be awed and shocked. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They're doing it as a proxy for the audience, but like it just wasn't working for me at all. Which is maybe why I noticed it. Maybe every movie has a hundred shots of that. But usually it works, and so I didn't notice, but I'm not sure. Like And I, as, as I you noticed, say, it's not this, that the world wasn't designed in a way to be kind of wondrous, right? Like you can mm-hmm. imagine watching this movie and 
and feeling the way they want you to feel about the world they've created, which is probably the the strength of the movie is, is there are some kind of remarkable visuals, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's just, it's not very good. Yeah. Unfortunately, I wish it was, I like them much better when they're, they're good and there's something nice to talk about. Yeah. I don't, um, I don't really enjoy just like dumping on a movie. Yeah. I'll point out, we've only been talking 35 minutes, Josh. That's right. We should probably wrap it up. This might be our shortest episode ever. It might be, um, yeah. which might make this the worst uh, movie, if, if, that's how, if, that's, <laughs> if that's how we can judge it. Hey, Michael, you know who loves the, uh, hey, we're stuck somewhere, but one of our compatriots could easily get out and let us out, but they'd rather be stuck with us joke? <laughs> Roger Rabbit. <laughs> and Don Hall. <laughs> Because he did it in this movie, and he did it in Winnie the Pooh. I was like, oh, that's the same joke from Winnie the Pooh. Because, you know, they're in the closet, and Splat gets out. And shows, oh, right, right, right. Shows, shows the dog how to open the door and then comes back in with them. And uh, in Winnie the Pooh, they did the same thing. Owl flies out to give give Piglet uh, a speech and then flies back in. I was trying to remember if it, I asked my kids, actually, I was like, do you guys remember this joke in um, Raya and the Last Dragon? Because I feel like he's got it in all his movies, but they didn't. So, is it in um, Meet the Robinsons? Because he wrote Meet the Robinsons. Did he really? Yeah, I didn't realize that. I like Meet the Robinsons. I do too. Meet the Robinsons. He didn't write it, this one. Yeah, he he's didn't. Sure. That's true. He just directed it. He, and he's one of like forty-five people who wrote Meet the Robinsons. Meet the Robinsons is a, a kind of imperfect movie, but it it does not have the fault that this one has, right? Where it's just like telling you everything. Mm-hmm. Like there's so much empty space. Empty space is not the right word because that movie is like jammed from one side to the other. It's almost like there's so much stuff in Meet the Robinsons that they don't have time to spell everything out, mm-hmm. and so the the world feels richer and deeper than this one does because they're just telling you everything about everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's a very good, accurate critique of this movie. And I think the time one also, I think, you know, we've seen a couple of other times in Disney's history um, as we've gone through these movies where they have either, extended time for someone you know or uh you know bumped schedule done things in a different order (laughs) or whatever you know than they originally intended to um i i think they should have done it here yeah i i just i don't see what they have to gain from rushing it it's not like they don't have product Mm -hmm. to put in its place i mean they own every single movie production studio at this point yeah. So what are you what are you doing rushing any of them? Just move something else up. Yeah. Yeah. And this is kind of a problem that goes back to um when was it? It was it was the nineties, I guess. Uh was it Katzenberg? <laughs> we blamed him for a lot of things. I don't know if it was actually him, but like whoever it was who decided, hey, Disney needs to release a, a feature film every year. You know? And I think they've hit it basically every year. Other than, you know, I think once they went 18 months instead of a year, if I remember right. 
Oh no, that's got to be more than once, right? Now I'm now I'm curious. I'm going to look at the list here. Okay, so we'll start with um, Little Mermaid in '89, Rescuers Down Under '90, Beauty and the Beast '91, Aladdin '92, Lion King '94. So yeah, there wasn't I think that's one the in one that they bumped. And that one, obviously, Lion King is is they definitely top should tier. not have rushed it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Pocahontas, 95, Hunchback, 96, Hercules, 97, Milan, 98, Tarzan, 99, Fantasia, 99, Dinosaur, 2000, Emperor's New Groove, 2000, Atlantis, 01, Lilo and Stitch, 02, Treasure Planet, 02, Rudder Bear, 03, Home on the Range, 04, Chicken Little, 05. There was none in 2006. Um, Meet the Robinsons, 2007, Bolt, 2008, Princess and the Frog, 2009, Tangled, 2010, Winnie the Pooh, 2011, Wreck-It Ralph, 2012, 2013, 2014. There's no 2015, but then there's two in 2016. So okay, Zootopia, so they must have, they must have bumped one of those. That must, yeah, that's one that they must have bumped. And then there wasn't one in 2017 either, or 2020. Okay. Although 20, 2020, you got to put an asterisk. I, I can't say that word. you got to put a right. little star next to, because obviously nobody was going to the movies. Right. And then you get two in 2021, because Araya and Encanto are both in 2021. Right. Although Pixar did. And see, that that's where that's where some of these gaps get filled in, because first for some of the 21st century, at least, Pixar was a branch of Disney. And so you can, I, while they are different entities, you can kind of see them filling in the gaps. They're not going to release them against each other, certainly. Right. So, yeah, pretty, I mean, you're right. There was a couple gaps in there, but. but you're, I mean, it's pretty consistent. Pretty steady, but it almost feels like that was a, that might have been a constraint that served them well. At one time, <laughs> but I feel like that time has passed. Like I, th- I feel like they should just slow down and really, like, why not? You know? Yeah. Although, what, what do they have to gain from pushing this much product out there? Especially since most people are going to watch this not in the theater, but on Disney Plus anyway. Yeah. So, so they're not making any extra money off of it in all likelihood. Yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how many of these continue to get like serious theatrical release when's the last time you went to the movies like the movie um, theater i went to go see uh ghostbusters afterlife okay that was what 2020 2021 2019 no because it got that that movie got delayed several times because of covid okay so it must have been 2021 i'm thinking i think i saw so spider-man no way home that was the last movie i saw in a theater no, because I saw Doctor Strange. This is before I just gave up on Marvel stuff. Doctor, <laughs> actually, the, the Doctor Strange might have been the reason I gave up on Marvel stuff. Yeah, I'm trying um, to remember right now. I can't we saw remember. we saw the last like real movie, the last movie for adults that we saw at a theater was um, Wes Anderson's most recent, not the one that obviously the one that hasn't come out yet, but um, the French Dispatch. Yeah, the French Dispatch. Okay. We went and saw that in the theater, um, but. Other than that, I think all I've seen in theater is Marvel movies. Yeah. How embarrassing. <laughs> I'm really part of the problem, Josh. As am anyway, I. Anyway, when you my said point that, is, I was like, did I see that in the theater? I might have I, I might have seen one of those you just mentioned in the theater. I remember, um, yeah, I really can't remember if I saw Doctor Strange in the theater or not. I know that I wanted, because the first Doctor Strange, I felt like you had to see it in the theater. Like I saw the, that on the back of a plane seat. 
Yeah, that's terrible. That movie was so amazing in the theater. Like the visual stuff that happened in that movie was just crazy. And I, so I think because of that, I may have gone to see the second one in the theater, but now I can't even remember. So oh, I'm sure I really, this hate, I really hated that second Doctor Strange. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't mind it, but <laughs> there, there were like 15 minutes of that movie that were really great. Yeah. And anyway, I, this is all just to say, I wonder if they are eventually going to move some of these family features over to just um, just Disney Plus releases. And if so, what that's going to do to the kind of budget they pour into them. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it's an interesting thing. Yeah, it is like, I mean, the the uh, the way the whole landscape has changed, you know, from <laughs> I'm not trying to, you know, again, scoop us on on our reflective episode. that's <laughs> coming up. Um, but yeah, it is. It is very interesting how much the landscape has changed in the well, at the beginning of this movie, you know, it had the Disney 100 years of of magic or whatever, you know, opening then their new crazy, crazy opening that, that I guess is going to be on the, on movies from now on. Um, it's, it's, it's kind of wild that Disney's been around a hundred years, you know, just think right. about how much has changed in a hundred years. Yeah. This, this movie came out 85 years after Snow White. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's really something. <laughs> and I mean, speaking of like, <clears throat> You know, can you imagine trying to change a corporate culture that like to say like, hey, guys, you know what? We shouldn't release a movie every year when they've done it every year since. I mean, you started at 89, but actually, um, I think Oliver and Company was 88. It was. <laughs> you know? yep. um, so like you got to imagine that most of the employees. That are working on these movies. Like they grew up entirely in an era where like, or at least in their, in their, in their memory era, you know, most of my coworkers were, were not alive the last time Disney purposely did not release a movie two years in a row. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause if you're thinking like, I figure black cauldron is really the beginning of this. That's 85. And then great mouse detectives, 86. And then there's the missing 87. I figured the last time they did not purposely, they purposely gave it some space was Fox and the Hound to Black Cauldron. Which, I mean, basically means you and I have been alive ever since we've been, certainly since we've been aware of movies, Disney's been releasing a joint every year. Yeah. I just, huh. Yeah, so most of their employees have to be thinking that way too, you know? Like, this is just what we do. This is how it is. (laughs) <laughs> it's so interesting, though, that so let's let's return to our evergreen conversation about Disney taking the wrong message from almost everything that happens. What would have happened if in 2004, when Home on the Range flopped, mm-hmm. what if they instead of saying, you know, the problem is nobody likes 2D animation anymore. <laughs> what if they said the problem is we've been moving too fast. We yeah. should slow down. Um, maybe spend a little less money on these movies, but kind of farm them out to some weirder, more idiosyncratic directors, put one out every two or three years and see what happens. You wonder if you wonder what the history of animation, the history of pop culture would have Mm -hmm. been like if they had, if they had been willing to go smaller and weirder instead of bigger. Right. And I mean, they kind of do that from time to time, right? I mean, the 
Emperor's New Groove is 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 that Lilo and Stitch is that to some degree the new Winnie the Pooh is that, mm-hmm. but it's just like from my perspective they do perpetually learn the wrong thing from everything that happens to them, <laughs> and now they've brought Bob Iger back. Yeah, <laughs> but you know what's funny is like we say that, but um, who's laughing, right? On well, yeah, just on the financial side of things, Disney's bigger than it's ever been, you know. And continues right. to be so. Right. I I really I really believe they might have permanently destroyed American mass culture, <laughs> just by possible. buying all these other by buying all these other companies. That that just that cannot be a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, everybody everybody wants the Fantastic Four to be in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and I can I can understand the advantage to that. But if Disney had to buy Fox to make that happen, and now they you know they canceled all those movies that Fox was developing, and now everything is coming out under Disney, I uh, I don't know, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is Disney Pando? <laughs> kind of, yeah. <laughs> what, we, what we need to do is go disconnect it. <laughs> yeah. Disney is Pando and they're killing the ecosystem of entertainment and art. You've been you've been referring to ecosystems, I think, since the maybe not the first episode, but since very early on. Yeah, I picked that up from uh who who I wish I could pop, properly credit her right now. I picked that that uh that up from um Alyssa Wilkerson, is that her name? Wilkinson. Wilkinson? Yeah. She used that language on a podcast or, or something. I, I think uh, ecosystem is is the right way to think about human culture. Like, I, I do think you can't just, like, remove pieces and hope that everything's going to be the same. Like, things build up naturally. It's a very conservative idea. Things build up very naturally over time, and and, and removing pieces or substituting pieces is artificially is, is a good way to kill the whole ecosystem. Mm-hmm. And see, I, I, I wonder if that's what's it's, – it's funny to talk about ecosystems of mass culture. But I wonder if I wonder if Disney really is a kind of Pando. You'd think they wouldn't want something that sounds so similar to Pandora. You know, like with the um, Avatar. Yeah. Which, which they also own now, of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it really makes you miss the old days when they were kind of scrappy, you know? Like those, those 1940s movies where it wasn't clear that they were going to continue to exist three years right. down the line. Bet everything on this movie. Like, all the chips are in, and if Pinocchio fails, we're, we're done. done. Yeah. Fantasia fails, we're done. Yeah. Yeah, you do kind of miss those days. <laughs> what's the uh, what's the line from that Smith song? In the days when you were hopelessly poor, I just liked you more. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wonder when was the last time looking at the this this is a question for next time. So I'm going to ask it now, and we'll put it on our list to talk about next time. Okay. When was the last time they were genuine underdogs? Mm. And I like I think that could be an interesting conversation. Yeah, yeah. Put that down on the list. The now, list. Now, we never get any emails anymore because I don't know that anybody is listening. <laughs> but if anybody is, actually, I know my friend Joe listens because he told me um, yesterday that he listens is to the first day they're available. And mm. I know my friend Brett listens. Look, folks, 
we need questions and categories and stuff to talk about in our wrap-up episode or episodes, um, which will either be next month or start next month, depending on how many categories and questions and stuff we want to do. So please, please, please send us some um, send us some stuff you want us to like big picture stuff we can talk about in terms of this project that we've been doing now for what six years, Josh? Seven uh, years? When did five. we start? I think it's five. Only five. Wow. Well, I don't know. There's don't 60 know. movies, and there's Are, 12. We do 12 a year. So yeah, I, I like. I, I bet it's it's probably it's got to be six. That's close because we've had those interludes. Yep. Yeah, you're right. So it's probably six. So, yeah, so, six years. Wow, Michael. <laughs> I remember sitting at my kitchen table in Minnesota. I've lived two places since then. <laughs> yeah. I've had three jobs. I've moved across the world. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I got nothing, nothing on you. No, you do. I'm just, I'm, I'm just, I'm joining in. Yeah, a lot has changed in our lives. Um. So yeah, let's uh, let the. Dear listener, please, yeah, send us some questions. We've we've got a couple ideas that we we are bouncing around, or, or at least are bouncing around in my in my own head, but um, yeah, I think it would, it would be fun to get some some listener feedback on on what you would like to hear, even if it's you know pick pick your favorite Disney song. <laughs> I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure we'll talk about the songs. Yeah, but. Yeah, whatever. I'm 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 trying to I'm trying to picture our our wrap up uh, episode as as something of an award show. Yeah. So like in that in that sort of vein of like okay, out of these you know 61 movies that you've watched, um, not only what have you learned and and how have you grown or whatever, but also like who's the best villain <laughs> and like whatever you know. So. Um, yeah, but I, I want I, I think the, the quirkier the category, the better. Make make Michael and I actually do some research and remember what we did in the last six yeah, years. Yeah, make me watch all sixty one of these again in the next thirty days. <laughs> That's right. We're we're gonna watch two a day just to make sure that we get them all in. I actually kinda do want to go watch some of the older ones again to remind myself why I enjoyed this so much. Mm-hmm. I mean, I always enjoy doing this show, but like gosh, I mean I'm sure our listeners have heard it. I sometime around the time of Tangled or Winnie the Pooh, I just like <laughs> lost my faith in this company. You did. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yeah. But we're still here. So we're still and, um, and um we will probably keep doing episodes that are not on Disney. We'll probably do like fairy tales or folktale episodes every month. And then every time a new one comes out, I guess we'll watch it and return to it. Yeah. And I hope I mean I feel like Disney's on a pretty good string right now. Like this movie obviously doesn't count <laughs> in that. But like I feel like we had some really positive episodes about Encanto, Raya. Yeah. Um, Ralph, Ralph Ralph breaks the internet we liked. Yeah. yeah. Moana was wonderful. Moana. Yeah. And yeah. And then there were there were some stinkers in there too. So um yeah, so I mean here's hoping that uh what's what's what is the next one, Michael? It's called you know? Wish. Yeah, Wish. Here's hoping that Wish here's here's wishing that Wish is good. Featuring the voices of Ariana DeBose, Chris Pine, and Alan Tudyk, it focuses on a seventeen year old girl named Asha who makes a passionate plea to the stars in a moment of need when she senses a darkness in the kingdom of Rosas that no one else does. Mm. There you go. Do you think it's going to be like an anti-Trump allegory? <laughs> I hope not. I hope not. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, let's hope not on that one.
comes out on the 60th anniversary of the Kennedy assassination, November 22nd, 2023. Wow. Maybe it's like a Kennedy assassination allegory. <laughs> Doubtful. <laughs> but maybe. Um, yeah. So I will say going back half the conversation to when you were saying like you should go back and watch some of the old ones. Like we watched uh, Pinocchio not too long ago as a family and it's really good. <laughs> it's like so good. <laughs> it's like, oh, why don't they make them like this anymore? Which is sad because that was what movie number two, you know, so you hate to say 61 movies in. Why, why aren't they making them like they did? You know, there was that very exciting period. The first five episodes of the show where every movie was better than the one that came before it yeah and then came saludos amigos <laughs> saludos amigos <laughs> and that's right. you know that wasn't their fault no not at all that was yeah we could blame hitler for that <laughs> as for so many other things among the worst things he did i think was forcing <laughs> disney to make package films <laughs> for a decade <laughs> anyway josh why don't you save me from myself before i get us all canceled uh, i'm sure we've been canceled several times already we are far people people different. would have to listen for That's us to true. be canceled <laughs> <laughs> okay well our press liaison is christian Philippic. we're on the old interwebs at before they were dot live and christianhumanist.org Please help us continue this conversation and give us uh, award show ideas or reflection ideas at uh, before they were live at gmail.com. I do check that email, um, even though it is uh, often empty. Um, we also want to encourage you to set your podcast player styles to Christian Humanist Radio Network, where you'll find an abundance of new and old shows to keep you going. Uh, like I mentioned before, go find those Firefly episodes. They're really good. Michael and I know there are a great number of podcasts out there you could be spending your time on, so thank you for spending the time with us. So for Michael Farmer, I'm Joshua Altman-Chofer. The best legacy we can leave is making a present worth opening tomorrow.